Hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Two Gamers with Love. My name is Justin, and this week we are talking about loot. No, not the traditional instrument of beloved bards. I'm talking about the treasure, the items, the gear, the ultimate weapons, and the rarest of rare drops. Why do we love it? What makes those shinies so shiny? And is loot enough to make you fall in love with a video game, or do you need something more? I'll be joined this week by some very special guests. So grab your bottomless bags of holding, rev up the RNG machine, and pop those engrams. It's time to talk about loot. Let's get into it. All right, so games and loot, right? Um, this is a big deal. I mean, this is a reason why a lot of people really enjoy playing video games. And it's one of the sort of most enticing aspects, I think, of why people really love games. We're, you know, I, I think there's there's something about the psychology of the carrot and the stick, right? We, we want to chase something exceptional. Um, you know, traditionally for me, I've always loved the, the narrative side of games. I've always loved the way that games are able to tell stories in such unique and interactive ways. There, I just, I just don't feel like there's any other medium that can uh, do it the same way that video games do it. I think video games are extremely unique in that way. I think they are the most interactive and innovative form of storytelling that exists. But not only do they do that, they also kind of, in a strange way, um, give you stuff. It, it's something that you don't quite get with movies and books, you know, unless you are, are willing to sort of use your imagination in some significant ways. But games kind of, um, they, they, they give you things. They give you trophies, maybe, if you want to call it that, or, um, you know, treasures, loot, gear, weapons, collectibles, cosmetics. There's so many different kind of ways that this idea has been framed um, by video games. But most games, you know, kind of have this system in place where you play the game, you enjoy the act of playing the game, right? You enjoy maybe the the jumping, the shooting, the puzzle solving, um, whatever the game kind of offers you to, to physically do with your hands and your controllers and your keyboards. Um, and then you got the story. So the game offers you that sort of narrative experience as well. But then it also offers you these these items, these things that you can acquire. And it's a really interesting uh, dynamic because these things are not real. Uh, they are they are not tangible things in the traditional sense. They are not things that you can put on a shelf in your home or hold in your hand. They are things that exist purely in this digital space. They exist in this, uh, you know, video game world. And you have to kind of be willing to open your mind to the idea that, that yes, those things are not tangible in a traditional sense, but you put in time and work and expertise and all kinds of other things to obtain these digital, you know, not real things, if you want to use that, that sort of terminology. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. And, uh, as I'll be talking to one of my friends a little bit later in the episode about uh, there's a game that, that I've played for years that I love, and it's very much tied up in this system of, of going after loot. Final Fantasy XI is an MMORPG, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, and um, a big part of the draw of that game is spending a lot of time kind of trying to get 
the gear that you want so that you can do other things in the game. Uh, getting that extremely powerful weapon or obtaining that really rare piece of armor or, um, you know, spending time farming, as they call it, farming some kind of item in order to, to buy something that you need. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting process and it, it, it keeps you sustained uh, in a lot of ways. And that game in particular has sort of done this for about 20 years now. And there's still tons of stuff in that particular game that I don't have. There is still gear and loot and treasure that I am chasing in Final Fantasy XI. And that's just one game. And with the absolute deluge of video games uh, in sort of our contemporary space that we are in right now, um, there's just so many video games and so many of them uh, kind of demand your attention in this way to to get all the best gear and loot and stuff that they have to offer. Um, sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I think to a game like uh, Anthem as an example of this, uh, kind of a, a really interesting game, but it had some problems with with loot and with gear and with weapons and armor and how you do all that. I think of another contemporary example of uh, Outriders, a really interesting game, very much like the game Destiny, which is another game that I play all the time. And uh, that game also had kind of a too much loot problem. So there's some really interesting, I think, uh, things to talk about when it comes to loot. And to do that, I would love to welcome a buddy of mine who I play games with regularly. Uh, my friend Moghouse is going to be joining us for a quick discussion on loot. And then I'll be back a little bit later to talk about some of my favorite uh, loot in video games. So this week on Two Gamers with Love, I have a very uh, special guest, the privilege of inviting my good buddy, The Mog House, uh, to the show to talk about loot. Um, so it's going to be really fun, a fun conversation uh, with with my, my gaming buddy, Mog. Um, so to kick things off, uh, Mog, why don't you just let the folks know uh, where where you're from? Where are you, where are you operating out of? You know where I'm from. The UK, for good sake. England. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Mog joins us all the way from across the pond. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. And uh, I thought it would be a good place for us to start would be a game that we both know and love that is so uh, centered around loot. And that is Final Fantasy XI, which we've both been playing since it came out or, or approximately around there for like 20 years. Right. That game came out in like 2001. And um, so yeah, that's a that's one of those MMORPGs. So why don't you remind the folks what uh, what does that stand for again? Can you tell us what that means? Put me on the spot, dude. A massively multiplayer online role playing game. Nice. Did I get that right? I think that's right. Uh, I have no clue what it stands for. No one told me this was a test. Oh, it's all a test. Uh, this whole thing is actually one giant test. Um, but no, let's let's start with one of the most infamous pieces of gear loot in Final Fantasy XI. Something that took folks years and months and all kinds of time to obtain because of the random loot dropping thing that Final Fantasy, the RNG of Final Fantasy XI, uh, the defending ring. Um, so what is this? What is this ring? And how, I don't know. How do you how do you get it? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so the defending ring is a level 70 piece with damage taken minus 10, which for years and years and years was like the best in slot in the ring category and it had a drop rate of probably one percent maybe less than that from a monster that originally had i want to say a 24 hour spawn it might have been 72 hours but yeah extremely rare piece wow so this was a piece of gear that you had to actually like wait 
a certain amount of time before the monster would come back again and there were other people trying to get it um and it wasn't just something that you could kind of work on you had to actually like work around time yes like the camping of the the three dragons was insane oh wow so see i barely remember this so there was like multiple enemies involved in like obtaining what you needed to fight the main guy i guess yeah sorry i say dragons i, I always refer to him as dragons so you've got king behemoth the one in not crawler's nest the the tree the beata tree whose name escapes me fafnir yeah i think we did the unity version of him a couple of times at some point yes and then there's tiamat which was in adawa chasm i think Oh, so wait, so, okay, so there were like mobs in other zones you had to kill to get items to get to the main guy? I really don't remember how it worked. No, 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 no. You just killed the behemoth to get the path to the king behemoth. But I think, I can't remember if it was like, I don't think it was ever like a, a pop spawn for king behemoth. I don't think it was. I think it was like a chance that he could spawn instead of just a regular behemoth. But it's been at least 15 years since that system changed, so... I don't know. Yeah, see, that's crazy because I, I kind of came to it a little bit later um, before. Like, I, I, I didn't even attempt to get that ring until much, much later in my Final Fantasy XI career. And I, you know, I, I went in there. With, it was a different system by that point. But but that ring, even to this day, is is like a really excellent item. And that's what's so interesting about Eleven and the way it approaches its loot system is like there are pieces of gear that still t like 20, 15, 20 years later, they are the best pieces of gear in the game. And you still want those pieces of gear. And some people are still trying to get them. Um, they're still on that loot grind, trying to, to you know, craft an item, to, to find that RNG magic that gives you the item drop finally. I mean, there are a couple of items in the game that still haven't dropped for us after 20 years. So, like, it's crazy that, like, that system still works uh, under this kind of premise of, there is a, a a real best in slot piece of gear, and like this defending ring is like the one you want to have. Like it's still a really really excellent piece of gear, and there really aren't a lot of other options that can kind of uh, rise up to that level, you know. Um, so that's kind of yeah. that's kind of crazy. Yeah, Final Fantasy has always been very good at having a pinnacle best in slot for every situation. It just happens to have so many situations. Yeah, and like that's what I love about Eleven is like. You know, it has all this cool gear, uh, but then it, it, it's not about you kind of chasing the gear necessarily. It's about the encounters and the situations that the developers put in where you can use that gear. And I think that's the key. That's the key thing, right? It's not about the quantity of the loot. It's about how you're going to use that loot to get to the new stuff, right? Like when you get loot, like that should be the, the chase, right? You should go after the loot that you want. Uh, because it's going to open up doors later. And I think that's kind of an interesting piece. Kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like that defending ring is such a, it's like a unicorn, right? Um, like it's a, it's a, it's one of those pieces of gear that like, it's hard to get. And I don't know, I, I, I have like a, um, I have one of those for me personally, uh, from a game that I, I love dearly from when I was younger and I still play sometimes. Have you ever played Earthbound? It's like one of my all time favorites. No, I'm ashamed to say no. I own Earthbound, but I've never played Earthbound. Oh, that's totally, totally fine. No need to be ashamed. That's that's a classic. And, and you know, everybody out there should check that one out. But uh, in that game, there was a character named Pooh and he was kind of like a, a samurai, but he used a yo-yo 
And there was always this one, uh, there's a sword. There's one sword in Earthbound that Pooh can equip. And it's like a super low drop rate from this one part of the game where you just have to fight enemies in this one part until you get it. It's called the Sword of Kings. And um, I remember learning about that back in the 90s when Earthbound came out and 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 not knowing how to get it really and, and kind of always wanting to get it um, and to find a way. My brother and I, we played that game a lot together and we always wanted to kind of get the Sword of Kings. And so that was kind of like a mystical thing that we just, a piece of loot that we always wanted. Um, is there anything like that kind of for you, Mog, these days, like in 11, like what is like the the piece of gear that you just have never gotten in, in Final Fantasy 11 that you've always wanted? Something that I haven't got yet. Um, I guess like the Mythic Bard would be good, but that's kind of like uh, ease of use. It's more of a convenience item than like desperately needed. So that one's like one that you actually work towards to craft and kind of make, and you can actually like actively work on it. But I, is there anything, I, I think I know what it might be. Is there anything out there that's like not so much something that you make, but something that you just have to kind of get lucky to actually get like an RNG kind of thing? I don't know, anything like that? See, you, I feel like you know, I'm being led and maybe like my brain is subconsciously like protecting me from these horrible memories. What What is it that I haven't got? That is 100% what it is. No, I'll give you a hint. It's uh, it's from a level-capped BCNM fight. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so that, that's the cracking club that will never drop in over probably a thousand times for me. Yeah, so I feel like the cracking club is like this mythical thing. It's it's one of the most like iconic, unattainable weapons in the game. It'll never drop. The RNG on it is absolutely bonkers. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where like, we've been playing the game, right? For what, 20 years. And you've probably done more attempts to have it drop in that battle than I have. Um, but it's just like never going to happen. Right? Like it's crazy. That's yeah. I think that's probably my ultimate one. Yeah. Like, but I'm also terrified though. If I ever got that, that, that might be the end of the bucket list. Do you know what I mean? Like that might be the, the thing that's just like, that's it. I've done it all. What else is it to do? Yeah. Like, like once you get the carrot, right? It's all about carrots and sticks. That's why this episode is called carrot and stick is like, once you obtain the carrot, what do you, what do you do from there? Where do you go once you've, once you've gotten the thing? So maybe we need that carrot to keep us playing. We need the loot, right? There needs to be something out there that will keep us sustained and keep us playing the game and keep us coming back. And, you know, I think a lot of modern games struggle with that because the loot isn't as valuable. Um, it's just so much quantity that you lose that sense of like, oh, wow. That like that 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 loot that you're after is like really really worth going for because it's so rare and it's so you know it's like you're never going to find it again. And that's also it brings up like an interesting distinction, right? Because some of the stuff in eleven you can actually like work towards obtaining and crafting, kind of making, right? Yeah. But other stuff you have to just rely on RNG. So like, which of those do you prefer? Do you like the randomness or do you like to kind of be able to work on something? I, I am. Um... I do like target loot. I like to be able to like put my time into something and like have an aim and not have it be completely RNG, which is why I quite like Destiny now. Because you've got like the crafting system so you can kind of work towards something. But like th this game is difficult because you're just being flooded with loot constantly and you you're not even sure if it's good or bad half the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And and right now, as we're recording this, we're we're playing a Final Fantasy game called Stranger of Paradise: Final Fantasy Origin. And this game is like like Mog just said, it's like loot flood, right? You just are con you have like 
we should we should drop down here. Do you know what this is from Final Fantasy Twelve? No, what that's what is it? No. This is this is the demon wall, if I remember right. This wall will move towards us. Let's go. Let's check this out. I actually don't remember this fight in Final Fantasy Twelve at all, but yes, let's let's drop down. <laughs> Punch the wall. Get get it. Get the wall. Yep. But it's interesting, uh, you, you mentioned Destiny a moment ago, and you know that's another really cool looter that we should talk about because like, uh, I think Destiny does some really interesting things with the loot system, right? Uh, it doesn't go too far into the just loot flood of just like you're constantly getting gear all the time, but the gear that you are getting feels interesting and unique and fun. And I think that's part main one of the main reasons I play that game is because there's gear that really impacts the way that you play the game and allows you to do things that you wouldn't be able to do without that gear. And I think that's a really important kind of distinction to make, right? The gear has to enable you, yeah. the loot has to enable you to do stuff that you couldn't have done otherwise, right? They, to be fair with Destiny, do a very good job because you've got three weapon slots. Like Final Fantasy XI, you've got a weapon slot and you usually have like the one best in slot. Like let's say White Mage, for example, you've got the Yagrush. Whereas Destiny, you can have like, let's say Wither Horde in one slot, but then you've got a bunch of legendary weapons that you can put in every other slot. There's a lot more variety, I think, in Destiny in that term. Yeah, and that's so interesting because like, right, in Destiny, you have three, you essentially have three characters and they're kind of different, but I, I usually only play one of those three. And in Final Fantasy XI, you've got, like all these different jobs that you can gear up, right? Whether there's like 21 different jobs in Final Fantasy XI? Uh, 22. Okay, so 22 different jobs. And you kind of like, each of those jobs has their own thing, right? Yeah. And like, you're grinding for gear to equip all 21 of those jobs. And I think that loot system, that loot cycle is really fun because yeah. it's what kind of keeps you going, right? You like, you have these different experiences with these different jobs and it's the the... the some of the funnest times we've had in Final Fantasy XI is gearing up new jobs, like getting those jobs up to a place where we can then use them to do more interesting content. And that's where the loot system gets really, really fun, at least for me in Final Fantasy XI. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a little bit different in Destiny, but yeah. It's overwhelming, but eleven. another thing that Eleven does really well and had done for years is gear progression. Okay, so you're right. So you mean like like leveling up your gear as in, in addition to leveling up your character, right? Your gear can level up too, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you you start at the bottom of the barrel and you can get, I don't know, I'm thinking about levels in 11, but it's kind of changed. But you've got level 99 and you've got level 107, 109, then 119. And like all through those stages, there is like a, a good thing to aim for that will get you to the next stage to get the next thing and then the next thing and so on and so forth. Hey, Destiny is not like that at all. Destiny is just you get, you can go straight for the, the best in slot. Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting, like, that, that's a really great way to think about loot in general and, like, what we actually want out of these looter games. Like, do we want a, a loot pool that, that you know, we, we can recognize what the best gear is and we go for it? Or do we want a more expansive loot pool where all the gear is kind of on equal ground and the developers are kind of, you know, tweaking it and making things better, making things not as good? Like in Destiny, they're kind of always trying to create that balance. Or do you want a game where like this is the gear you're going for? Yes. This is the best in slot. Yeah. So like I think I think that's a really interesting kind of distinction and, and an interesting point to make in this discussion. So yeah, nice. So cool. Destiny, Final Fantasy Eleven, a lot of games that have a lot of cool gear, a lot of cool loot, a lot of cool carrots on a lot of cool sticks. And as we get the cool carrots, right, the sticks sometimes just get bigger yeah. and bigger. <laughs> and maybe that's actually what we want. We just want the 
the carrot and the stick to to keep getting more and more enticing. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, anything else you want to say about about loot or anything uh, about like that before we wrap it up here? Any other closing comments, if you will? I think so. Then we've we've covered the basics. All right, cool. Well, Mog, thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast. It's really great having you here. Um, uh, you know, talking about loot and some of our favorite uh, journeys through gear in all these different games that we play. Um, it's been really fun. And, you know, I really appreciate you hanging out and taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. All right. So that was super fun getting to talk to my buddy Moghouse about loot. Um, we, we talk all the time while we're playing, uh, that was just a tip of the iceberg, uh, hopefully some more, uh, conversations between us in the future. Um, but I wanted to now take a moment to just go back to what I mentioned at the beginning. And I actually mentioned it a couple of times in there in my conversation with Mog was this, this wacky item, uh, the sort of Kings from one of my all time favorite, if not my favorite video game of all time, earthbound. And this this information I'm about to relay comes from the uh, well, comes from the fan, the fan uh, wiki for, for Earthbound. But the Sword of Kings um, is a weapon appearing in Earthbound that can be equipped by Pooh. It's the only sword that he can equip. It is an extremely rare item, only obtainable as a drop, which means you can only get it from fighting monsters, and it's random. So there's no way to like um, target it, like Mog was talking about. You have to just get lucky. Um, it is an extremely rare item. It has a one in one hundred and twenty-eight chance of being dropped by a Starman super in the Stonehenge base. So one very specific area of the game and one very specific monster type. And then on top of all of those restrictions, it's a one in 28 chance. So a point, a 0.78125% chance that you will get the King of Swords from one of those Starmen. So, um, you know, that's just one small example of the kind of thing that video games sometimes do is they'll put an item in the game that is crazy, um, but very hard to get. And, you know, I like that. I like that about video games. I think having those little carrots are, are fun and they, I don't want it. I don't want to just have every piece of gear that exists in the game immediately. Um, there's something satisfying and fulfilling to me about putting in time and getting good at a game and then being rewarded for that time and experience and expertise with some really cool piece of gear, which then, but that's not enough. It can't stop there. As, as Mog and I were just talking about, um, you have to be able to then use that piece of gear to do cool stuff in the game. Um, I think a lot of games suffer from this problem. They put in tons of loot in the loot pool and you grind, 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 and you get the cool stuff. And then what do you do? Like there needs to be some bigger carrot. There needs to be something in the game that is uh, insurmountable until you acquire a certain piece of loot or a certain piece of gear. I like that dynamic in video games. Uh, Diablo 3 is another great example of this, and I'm, I'm hope, hoping to talk to someone else about that here soon. But, um, you know, Diablo 3 is the kind of game where, like, you have to put the time into crafting the gear, obtaining the gear, leveling the gear, uh, not really leveling it, but, like, uh, kind of tweaking it, um, in order to progress through harder parts of the game. And you just can't defeat, you just can't get through those parts of the game unless you, unless you get the loot. And I really like that. Um, so let's bring in another one of my gaming friends. Uh, I had the privilege and honor of being joined this week by my buddy, Nate. Um, we've spent a lot of time talking, hanging out, uh, drinking beer, talking about video games. Um, and one of the games that we uh, play together often 
is Diablo 3. It's a game that we both really like, and Diablo 3 is very much about loot. So um, let's hop in and, and have a little chat with Nate. Well, I have a, another special guest on the podcast this week. Uh, my good friend, best buddy, gamer friend, real life friend, all the kinds of friends you can be, I hope. Uh, Nate, uh, all thanks. The all the friends. So many friends. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to hop onto the podcast, buddy. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, really excited to talk some games. I know uh, with often our conversations either start at games or end up at games. So really cool, really excited for your podcast and just love the theme of today too. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yes, we uh, not only do we play games, but we we like to talk about them and drink beer and talk about them and <laughs> pretty much everything involves the drinking of the beer. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so this week's episode, episode four, is uh, it's called Carrot and Stick uh, because it's all about loot. And uh, so I spent some time talking to my other friend from across the pond about, you know, all right, like we've played Final Fantasy 11 for a long time and we talked about some of the crazy loot in that game. Uh, but Nate and I have spent a lot of time uh, playing uh, Diablo 3 mostly. And I thought it'd be cool to talk about the loot experience in that game. So I guess we can start with kind of the question generally of like, uh, I think this is, this this comes up a lot, I think, when I'm talking about loot. This idea of like, quantity over quality and mm. one of the things that that final fantasy 11 and i think to some extent although diablo also seems to have the quantity but in, in final fantasy 11 there's like this one piece of gear like this one ring right like for example the defending ring it's a super rare really rare drop rate ring that mm. you know good luck getting it you know, you know, some people are like, oh, and 300 attempts on this very difficult to spawn NM, but it's like the best ring in the game. Once you get it, that ring is going to be best in slot for everything. Um, so I know, like, what do you think? Is it quantity? Like we want tons of loot or do we want like quality? Like the one thing that's the best. Man, that's such an interesting question. And like my initial reaction to that is, is quantity like just for me like i love and this is speaking really into diablo 3 just when i hear that noise like of when a legendary or um when a set item drops you just hear this and this like beam of light comes up like that just tickles parts of my brain that's just like give me more it like releases the serotonin and i'm like yes yes more of yeah. that feeling and you know, in some ways, it's it, this might sound terrible, but it's kind of loot boxy. Like back in the loot box days, when you'd open that loot box and like gold and glitter and all that would fly out. I love that experience in a gaming experience, so long as it's done in a way that is not like predatory in any shape. You know, like the loot yeah. boxes to me, it's like, okay, buy this and you might get something. Like at least with Diablo 3, you're just kind of showered with stuff, right? Um, and, you know, you and I have talked about Final Fantasy XI, and I never really played it. I'm aware of it, and, you know, we've had some long talks about it. And I get that, like, 0. .0000% 1%, like, drop rate and how awesome it is when you get it. But for me as a gamer, having that singular item and just that low drop rate is so hard. Yeah. Like, 
it doesn't motivate me to play. Whereas Diablo, I feel like it definitely hits the quantity, right? Because you're just littered with loot. It's and so much, eventually, yeah. Eventually, that loot, it starts to turn into quality. Because similar to what you were talking about with the Defender Ring, with Diablo, it's like... And this is with all of the series. Like, it's that next level. It's getting that, you know, extra one plus, like, plus one dexterity from what you had or a plus mm -hmm. uh, two to this skill. Or maybe it's even, like, you know, in that game they have the Ancients and the Primals. And so Primal drops are super low. Yeah. And getting one of those is just, like, this crazy feeling. It's game-defining feeling because it can totally change up your build. Mm -hmm. But even as you're reaching towards that, Diablo still drip feeds you that like adrenaline and that kick of you're going to see that beam of light, you're going to get a loot piece. And even if it's not what you're going for, I think the cool thing about the quantity part is it might drop this thing where you go, huh, I wonder what that would look like if I played with it. So it might be something that, you know, instead of working with like a demon hunter, for instance, one of their big builds focuses on multi-shot. Maybe instead of multi-shot, you have something that totally changes how you use the strafe skill. And so now you're playing a little bit more defensive, but you're shooting in all directions. And, you know, it's you're constantly looking and assessing, is this going to be better? Am I willing to invest in this new play style with Diablo? And to me, that that's just a really fun game loop. Yes, yes. I could not agree more. And I think the, the core thing there... The, there always there needs to be a reason, right? To to put in the time and the effort and the energy to go get the loot, right? Like yeah. so in Final Fantasy XI, it does that so well. Like I, I can't even twenty years I've been playing that game, and there's still stuff I don't have yet, and I'm still trying to get. And I, I want that stuff because it's going to open up doors for me to do things that I couldn't do without it. Diablo is the same way. Like you're not mm -hmm. going to make it to Greater Rift One Ten unless you get that perfect roll or that you know, perfect neck piece or whatever. Like, so it's not just about, like, I love the whole, like, every time you defeat, like, a Rift boss in Diablo 3, that, like, like all the stuff's popping out, right? And, like, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Um, but what's what's underlying that for me is is, is the the hope that I'm going to get the thing that's going to let me progress. And I yeah. feel like, like a lot of contemporary loot games miss that. Like, I'm thinking about Outriders. I'm thinking about mm -hmm. Anthem. I'm thinking about games that that I think they they strive too hard to make all the gear like equal in a way yeah. um and so it just, it just makes everything feel like watered down like it, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter like i can get to like outriders is a perfect example i think that's a cool game i beat that whole game i enjoyed playing it but i can get to the end of that game with cool. the same gear i had you know at the beginning of the game and it just doesn't feel like i need to get any of it it's cool and fun and interesting but i don't need it to play yeah, and I kind of agree with that with Outriders. Outriders was a game like I was really into, really excited for. You know, it does some of that loot thing where you see all the shinies on the ground and they got that different color um, that kind of pops up. They've got that little sound indicator, so it was tickling all the parts. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree. It didn't like that loop, that feedback of interesting gameplay never really fully captured me. And I'm not sure if it's... For me, I think it's the their their version of exotics or legendaries. I forget what they're called in that. Mm -hmm. But like they never felt game changing. Mm -hmm. They never like there were some ways you could really like one or two weapons or, or, or something like that would really like impact a build and you would build a 
your your character around that specific item. But I agree with you. I think there are ways to kind of work around it. And then their end game system, I think, was just a little shallow and broken. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, it just didn't have the, the 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 stick was there, but there was no carrot. Um, yeah, you know. And and I feel like a lot of uh, just a lot of contemporary looter games miss that mark. I, I'm thinking of Avengers. You know, I'm thinking of like all mm-hmm. these games that they just they just go for quantity, quantity. Like you just want to see the loot popping out and like stuff everywhere, and you're just getting items. Like we're uh, Mog and I are playing uh, Stranger of Paradise, which we really like yeah. a lot. That game's super fun, and we're really digging it, especially because there's a, a Final Fantasy 11 level in that, which looks amazing <laughs> in Unreal 4. Um, but like that game is 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 horrible for this. Like every enemy mm-hmm. that you kill, you're getting five, six, seven pieces of gear that really don't mean anything that are just kind of like, it's just nonstop. It's like a deluge. And like, I, I don't know if there's like stuff at the end of that game that's going to be like different or not. We're not quite to the end yet, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it just, it just doesn't make the gear feel special enough. Um, I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. need quantity, but unless you do it well, like the way the Diablo, although I, I do spend half of my time just going to the armor guy and just dismantling everything. Um, yes. Well, <laughs> but I think what you're talking about is item bloat, right? And that's, yeah. I, I played Final Fantasy fourteen, which has cool gear in it. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, it looks awesome. I think their gear is really m- much more cosmetic-focused, which I also think, you know, maybe maybe not for this podcast, but maybe another one if you look at it, is the cosmetic drive for mm-hmm. a lot of players. Like, I'm thinking Call of Duty and all that. Mm-hmm. That's a different kind of maybe intrinsic value is to show, like, look how good I am by the bling I got in my gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same with... Final Fantasy 14 and check out my cool transforming weapon with all the glowy bits here and there and shows you that I did this ultimate or savage raid. Um, so that there's like that piece to it. But for Diablo and I think also Destiny, mm. like it's less about there's a little bit of, oh, dude, you got lucky and got this sweet item. Or it's like, hey, you've put in the time, not even necessarily that you're good, because especially Destiny 1, less so with Destiny 2, because I think there's a lot of um items and 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 weapons and gear that's locked behind skill level content right mm-hmm. yeah um but diablo doesn't have a lot of skill level it's like you talked about progression yeah so me especially as what i'd call kind of a weekend warrior player like <laughs> i play hard when i have the time but like as an adult gamer it's hard to like pump in a lot of hours that some of these streamers and stuff can do oh yeah and so not feeling like I'm left out because I can't do this ultimate content that everyone else can just like do, but like given time, I'm, I'm Diablo was released what Diablo 3 12, uh, 2012, I think. Yeah, about I got it ago. at launch. Yeah, I got it at lunch and I'm still playing it. And it, even though I don't play it like consistently, every year I go back to it in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, same, same thing. Got it on PC at launch ps4 version three version ps4 version switch version bought the pc version again on a different battle.net account um so yeah i (laughs) i I, i've been playing that game yeah and and i'm still interested in it because uh there's just so much to do for each class and that was another interesting piece like you know gearing up different job classes if you will like destiny doesn't like that's destiny kind of does that outriders kind of did it but like having mm-hmm. like 21 different in unique jobs in Final Fantasy 11, all with their own unique sets of gear, weapons, everything else, and same sort of thing in Diablo. Like there's a lot of depth there with that system. Yeah. And I think, yeah, what you were saying about like, uh, maybe it might be for another episode or something, but this idea that like um, the social aspect of it, 
I think mm-hmm. that that that's huge. Like uh, Final Fantasy XI, hundred percent had that aspect because you could check other players. You could click on them and like look at their gear. So you would click on someone and be like, "Oh my goodness, that guy has that thing. That's insane. Uh, I want to go get that." You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that that part of it is is important too. And I, you know, I think Fortnite taps into that in some ways too. Like okay. uh, with their yeah. with their cosmetic system. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so all that's interesting. Well, I, yeah. I think that's a trend in modern gaming, right? It's let's give the players that carrot that, you know, is the mm-hmm. title of your podcast. It's all about incentivizing them to continue to play. And that could be through cosmetic. It could be through gear pro- progression, which itself becomes its own end game to a certain extent. Diablo 3 learned the hard way that you can't just run the same content. Like say, okay, we'll replay the whole campaign. Just hope you get better gear this time. Yeah. They did a really good job specifically with Diablo 3 that I think a lot of games have tried to recapture but haven't quite got with that. They basically, they built an engine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's this system of you get gear, it's not quite you want, you break it down like you said when you go to the armor, you break it all down. <clears throat> but then that allows you to either craft something with Kanai's cube mm-hmm. or you're still going for it and hoping with a little RNG you get something that's a little bit better. And it's pretty good at drip feeding a little bit better, a little bit better. Whatever algorithm they created for that game, yeah, like it's constantly giving you something that you always feel like you're progressing. When you talked about going through greater rifts, you don't usually jump from like, okay, I'm at rift 25 to like 90 because you got this one item. It's because you're kind of gearing and then it's like, okay, I hit the ceiling. What do I need? I think mm-hmm. I can update my bracers. I think I can update my weapon or maybe I can slot a gem here or there. And yes. everything you're doing, all that bloat that you had before that maybe you kept because you think you might use it. Now you're going, now nah, I'm going to break that down because I'm going to take a gamble and see if I can get just a little bit better if I gamble on this item because I need another bracer slot. Yeah, That's how they really capture me in that. Even though I'm really doing essentially the same thing, I'm still motivated to play that game. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. It's exactly right. Like it gets faster, it gets quicker, it gets more powerful. The numbers start to get insane. Um, you're leveling up your gems, you're leveling up. It's that, it's that progression. You know, a lot of games, it's just like, okay, I got the weapon and it's over. Now what do I do with the weapon? Like I go play yeah. stuff, the same thing I've been doing with this new weapon. Like uh, you got to have the carrot. Like you got to have the next thing that you can then go do with the awesome new gear that you got that you couldn't do before. That's, I think, the key thing. Yeah. Like getting to do stuff that you, that opening those doors that you can't do until you get the loot that you need is the key thing. So that's, that's, I totally agree. Yeah. So uh, you want to go through the list of like rare items? <laughs> Oh no! Everyone's gonna know what a scrub I am now. <laughs> no, I think I had I had like zero out of twenty um, on this, so you're fine. Uh, all right, I, I bet you have the number twenty. I bet you have it. I bet you've done this. Uh, number twenty is the like um, radiant armor from Breath of the Wild, like the skeleton armor. Yes. Okay, so I do not have that. You got that. I think nice I got one. every single armor in Breath of the Wild. I put a lot of time in that. Nice. I, I even got that stupid Korok poop. <laughs> Man, that's 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 intense. I don't know how to. I I gave up on the Korok seeds a long time ago. Um, number nineteen is the invisibility cap from Mario Odyssey. I guess you can get the cap to become invisible if you beat the, like the last moon level, which I could not beat the last like gauntlet level. Huh? Yeah, I didn't even know about that. Me either. Yeah. Um, you need five hundred moons and and to beat the last little like gauntlet level. 
I'm pretty um, sure I have really close to 500 moons, but I think I'm also stuck on that last level. Yeah, it's like you don't get any health and you have only one life and it's really hard. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 18, I don't know, Battlefield 4, there's some sort of phantom bow. I don't know. I didn't yeah, know. I don't have anything Battlefield. Yeah. I like the game, just never really got into it. Yeah, same, same. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition, another classic I've never played, but there's some another bow of Perseverance. Apparently, that's super rare that people go for in that, but I don't know that one. Nope. Um, yeah. Um, you ever played Monster Hunter World? Yes. All right. Did you ever get the clothes for the little pig thing? Poop Poogie? Yes, I did get some of the clothes. Yes. Okay, there you go. That's number 16. So okay. good job. Good job. Uh, did you ever get Sturm in Destiny 2? Yes. Okay, there you Sturm go. That, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure why that one. That's just a kind of an exotic weapon in Destiny 2, so I don't know. Um, yeah, it was a dual one because it, it worked in tandem with the string, which was mm -hmm. a legendary, so you could have two pistols. Yeah, cool. and they just brought back one of those recently okay. in some new expansion. Um, a set of armor from Assassin's Creed is number 14, the Isu armor? I, I don't know. I haven't played one of those. You know which, which uh, Assassin's Creed, the first one? Uh... Because I, I 100% at one and two. Okay. In Assassin's Creed 2, there was the armor of Altier. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood had the armor of Brutus. In Assassin's Creed Origins, there was the Isu armor. Okay, I didn't play Origins. Yeah, I don't think I played that either. Um, a Pokemon item from Sun and Moon called Ev Evium Z. Don't know about nope. that one. Uh, Skyrim, Sapphire's Exquisite Sapphire. Yes. Where you, you got have to do that stupid gem quest? No, I don't know. I never did it. <laughs> I, what yeah, you have I'm to know, the thing about me that you have to understand is that I buy 90% of the games and I finish 2% <laughs> of them. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a Final Fantasy 13 triple triad card, apparently. That's oh, I got so excited when you said 13 because I was like, oh, I might have gotten this. And then you said triple triad. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's some kind of little ufo alien card um number 10 is like near and dear to my heart it's it's an item that i've never gotten in my all-time favorite game ever made um it's the sword of kings from earthbound uh oh wow, yeah i'm familiar with it i i only recently played through earthbound so after mm. it was released um, man yeah so yeah. i did not invest that much time into it that's okay. I mean, so there's a character named Pooh who mm -hmm. uses yo-yos, but there yeah. is a sword he can get uh, that is a 1 in 128 chance of it dropping uh, in this one area off of this one specific monster. It's so I never I never got it, but yeah. See, and that sounds right up your alley. That sounds so Final Fantasy 11. Yeah, it's just it's that it's <laughs> that thing again. Yeah, for sure. Um that's the Scarab gun from Halo 2 is on here. Is number 9. Yeah, um, I did do that. Nice, nice. Um, man, you're doing good on this. You're you're like 12 for 20 so far. Um, strange treasures from Uncharted 4. Uh, you have to get some sort of treasures from using your grappling hook. Mm. Uh, not sure. Um, Fire Emblem Awakening, not one that I played, but uh, I Goddess that. Staff. Goddess Staff. Yeah. No, I don't think I, I got that. I did complete Fire Emblem Awakening. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, there's apparently World War II soccer balls in Call of Duty World War II that you can get, but I don't, I don't, I never played no. that one. 
Yep. Uh, the secret Minecraft homage area in Borderlands 2. I'm not sure why that's on here. It's not really an item. It's more of an area, a secret area. I feel but. like I did. I I was really close to finding pretty much all the Easter eggs. I made it a point to find Easter eggs in Borderlands 2. Nice. You probably I, came across it then, I'm sure. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Borderlands 2, I never finished, though. Yeah, I never. Yeah, same. Or mm, maybe I, actually I might have finished that game. Um, there's a hand cannon apparently in uh, Dead Space Two. You can get that's like an actual yeah. bullet wielding. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, weapon. so I got the I got the foam finger. Is that different? The uh, they have a foam finger. He said. Yeah, and then you go pew pew, and then oh, blows them up. That's hilarious. He's like he actually goes pew pew. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Um, Fallout 4 has a Pip-Boy, like Donkey Kong game you can get, I guess. I played Pip-Boy games on there. I don't think I got specifically the Donkey Kong one. Yeah, it looks like there's a picture of that Donkey Kong one. Uh, in, Dar- in the original Dark Souls is number two here. There's some great magic barrier item that makes you like invincible to magic. Uh, I definitely wasn't invincible in that game at any no. point. Yeah, I didn't get very far. Uh, and then number one on here is the Forbidden Grip of the Ages from God of War on PS5, PS4, um, which I never finished, which I need to finish before the new one comes Wait, out. what is it? It's called the Forbidden Grip of the Ages, and apparently there's like... Is that like, the Gauntlet? Sorry? Is it the fan... Like, I think it was a... Basically, they made it look like the Thanos Gauntlet. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't I see that's it. it. That's That's cool. Yeah, I'm a, pretty sure I got that. Oh, cool. Yeah, they had to be like, they, fans had to like translate runes and like go to this like place that was off the map. I don't know. It was, looks, looks pretty good. Oh, intense. if it was off the map, I probably didn't do it. I have no idea. I but, did 100% that game. Nice. I haven't beaten it yet. <laughs> like real close. But. Nice. Man, well, that was it. That was the list. I, I was shocked that like, I don't know, I would have added the Kraken Club from Final Fantasy XI. That thing yeah. is still a hundred billion gil if you want to buy one. It never drops. Uh, we've been playing that game for 20 years. We've never seen it once, you know, drop ever. Um, so Kraken Club is on that list for me. Is there anything that you would add that's not there? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's one that I remember working so hard to get and it's so stupid. You can't do it without a guide type weapon. Um, it was Final Fantasy XII's, uh, I think it was, it might have only been in the Zodiac Age, so the remake, mm. the, the re-release. Um, it's this invisible bow, and I think it's called like the, it's not Sagittarius, it's like the Satan Grat or something like that. Oh, cool. But like you couldn't, if I remember it right, you couldn't pick up certain treasure chests in the game. Because if you picked up the wrong treasure chest, then it wouldn't be available. And then you had to go to, I feel like it was a ship or somewhere, like a flying ship or someplace that was up high, like in a town area. And you had to, like, step in the very perfect spot and, like, and then you had to hit X. There was no indicator of when you'd get it, but you had to do it, like, just the right time. That's crazy. Um, the rare chest spawn with it. There, there's a bunch of weird stuff with that. I can't remember exactly how I did. All I remember is it was like invisible and it hit like crazy and you had crazy high evasion. It was like the highest damage by far and you were almost on a, it. Like people couldn't attack you because the evasion was so high. That's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. There's so much cool stuff like that. Like that list, I feel like isn't quite as comprehensive, but that's that's so cool. I, I love 
I, I don't get most of that those items, but it's cool that they exist. <laughs> I'm glad there's some people that, yeah. that are able to get them. Um, well, cool, man. That's awesome. Thank you for for chatting with me. Uh, we'll probably you know wrap it up here, but uh, that was a great discussion, and, and I really appreciate you you coming on to the podcast. Uh, is there any closing thoughts, final thoughts, anything else you want to share or say before we sign off? Yeah, just thank you for the opportunity. I love talking loot. I think that's like my favorite genre of games is anything that brings that loot. Yeah. Um, those are always games I come back to. But also just want to say love the idea of the podcast and I'm really excited for, you know, other opportunities and Cool. Yeah, go go loot. Thanks, man. We'll definitely have you back on uh, if you want to come back for because I have two two gaming friends and so I need to have you on here a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do so. <laughs> cool, Nate. Thanks for coming over. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. All right. And that wraps up this week's episode of Two Gamers with Love. This was a big one. This is almost an hour long. Special thanks to the Mog House. Special thanks to my friend Nate. Special thanks to all the gamers out there who are chasing all the carrots on all the sticks. Uh, may you have the best of luck getting all of your drops. And let me know your thoughts on this whole loot discussion. Send me a message to the podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, check out my Twitch channel, YouTube. Uh, leave comments. Whatever you want to do, however you want to engage. You could also join our Discord community, which I've uh, established now, and I'm starting to try to grow that a little bit. So you can find the links to all those things in the description and the in the details for the podcast here on Anchor. And thank you all so much for listening and for all the support. This has been super fun, and uh, look forward to another exciting episode next week. Uh, until next time, my name is Justin, and this has been Two Gamers with Love.